0: Today's word I've entitled God's grace. Um, God's grace. We all need a bit of God's grace. I know I need some of God's grace. So um, absolutely. Um, Before I share that, there's something that um, I heard this morning. And it's actually one of the songs that Mel um, preached. Sorry, Mel sang. It was Phil Thompson's um, Here's My Worship. He gave a testimony. Um, He was sharing somewhere. And he gave a testimony And his testimony was that when he was five years old, he, no, when he was born, up until five years old, he wasn't able to speak. Then suddenly he was able to speak when he was five years old. The same thing happened to his son. Couldn't speak. And then when he was five, he then started speaking. And he said that him and his wife, they were praying for his son, praying, praying. And then there was a breakthrough. And the point he was trying to make was this, because he also said that his son is now somebody who couldn't speak and five years old could speak. They actually had him in the autism spectrum. And he said that if that existed in his day, he probably would have been on the autism spectrum himself. But his son now, he's at university, he's doing really well. And in America, they have something called an honours roll. You know, it's for those students who who achieve above and beyond. They are achieving above and beyond. And that's where he's at. This is somebody who couldn't speak to start off with and look at where he is now. He's doing really well um, for himself, you know. And the point he was trying to make is this. That we shouldn't really take things that the enemy bring our way lying down. We shouldn't accept things. Yes, he has a plan for us, the enemy, and he will throw things our way. But we need to stand, as it says in Ephesians 6. I'm going to read from, um, I think it's from verse 12, where it says, actually, no, this is the beginning. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And verse 13 says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God That you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, to stand. As we stand on God's word, we will not accept the things of the enemy. We will not accept what he's saying to us. But we will continue to press in, press in and ask for God's favor, God's grace upon the things that the enemies bring in our ways. For we are his people. We're his workmanship. We've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And that's exactly what we need to have. We need to have the mindset of Christ. We need to be standing on his word. Things will come our way. You know, some of us were going through seasons where things are coming our way. The enemy's literally just slapping us left, right, and center. We don't even have time to even think, you know, but we need to make that time. We need to stand on his word. Even, you, you know, we don't have to be literally... Um, exerting ourselves in prayer, you know, as though we're doing exercise. Sometimes you could just be walking and you're praying. You're praying, you're speaking to God, but standing on his word, you know. And the other thing that I wanted to say is this, as we're standing on God's word, we need to be mindful that we are living according to his word. Because God wants to do for us, helping us as we're standing on his word. So also there's a scripture in um, Psalms 1 let me read that it said blessed is the man who walks not on the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the, in the seat of the scornful verse 2 but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night verse 3 So, when we stand on God's word, we're meditating on his word. This is what happens, verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Who doesn't want to be like that? You're planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Your leaf shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. As we stand on God's word, We are living according to his word. This is what will happen. Our leaf will not wither. We shall prosper in everything we do. The things the enemy is bringing our way is literally just bouncing off, bouncing off. It will not affect us as we're standing on his word. His grace will be upon us. Absolutely, his grace will be upon us. And this leads me very nicely to the word that I'm bringing today, God's grace. Like I said, we all need A bit of God's grace. Who doesn't need God's grace? You know, we look for it every day. Literally, we look for God's grace. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 to 10. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Our God sees all things. He sees all things. He knows all things. He sees the situations that we're in. He sees the highs that we go through. He sees the lows that we go through. He sees the issues that we face daily. He knows everything. He's a God that sees everything. We may not always think He does, but He sees everything. So when we're looking to him, we should have that mindset. He's seen what I'm going through and trusting in him even more. He may not always move his hand at the time we want him to, but there is a reason why. So we continue to look to him and surrender every single thing to him, our fears, our hopes, you know, our lives, our, our jobs, everything, surrender everything to him. Our finances, everything, we surrender to him because he sees everything. He may not move at that time, but he's seeing everything. And his grace will come in at the precise moment. Not when we want it to come in, but when is the right time for it to come in. First Kings chapter 17 8 to 16. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but let me just give you a snippet of what happens here. In this portion of scripture, we have Elijah who meets the widow. But before he meets the widow, God has spoken to him to go to a place, um, what's the place called? Zerphath. And he will meet a widow there. That widow will provide for his needs. So as Elijah went there, he did see the widow. And the wid- he said to the widow that he asked her to provide um, some, um, t- firstly to give him some water. And then afterwards he said, can you give me, um, can you make some bread for me? And her response was that she's only got some flour, a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And she's literally going to make something with that so that her and her son could eat And then literally just wait to die. Because at that time, there was some famine. There was a famine going on within the land. You would think that somebody has said that to you. Oh, I've just got a little bit of food. And um, I'm just going to eat it and just die. Oh, it's okay. You have that food. But no, Elijah said, okay. Before you make, you've got a little bit of flour and some oil. Can you make me some cake and then... First, and then afterwards, make yourself food. What would your response have been? Really? Really? No. She said, okay, she was obedient. She did what she had been asked to do. Because she knew that it was God speaking through him. And when he actually, his response to her Let me see if I've got it down. No, I haven't got that down. Okay, so basically, he then, she obeyed. And what happened? She had enough for days. It says here that in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 14, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Because of the widow's obedience, that just pulled God's hand for his grace to shower over them. This is somebody who had just a little bit of food for her and her son. Just a little bit of food. God's grace is sufficient for us. As we obey his word, obey the things that he's speaking to us about, not thinking about ourselves. Because sometimes, as what just happened here... The widow was, she could have easily have thought about herself. She could have easily have thought about her and her son. But no, she obeyed. In obedience, we can activate God's grace as we obey. Also, there's another portion of scripture, which I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to give a summary. It's with, in Daniel 3 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm sure we all know that story. There were three Hebrew boys. These boys, they were brilliant in their faith. They were obedient. They were loyal. They were faithful. Three Jewish boys. King Nebuchadnezzar, he had actually built, had built a gold image. Now, what he wanted was that As once the image had gone, they had a ceremony for this image. And he said that every time you hear the sound of music, you have to bow down to this image. Bow down to this image. Now, the three Hebrew boys, remember I said they were faithful, they were loyal, they were obedient. They did not believe in worshiping idols. They looked to God. Now, they were reported to have not been followed the king's order. Now, you know that if you do not follow the order of the king, or even in our our day now, um, of the prime minister or the um, king, you know something will happen. You will go to prison because it's a law that they've made. That's how serious it is. It's a law. But they didn't want to follow it. And they were reported, and when they were brought before King Nebuchadnezzar, because they didn't bow down before this image, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, this um, this was their response to the king. The king has just pulled them up. He asked them, you know, is it true that you're not bowing down before this image? Yes. There was no lie? Yes okay that annoyed the king and this was their response as well oh this is in daniel 3:16 to 18 oh nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter if that is the case our god whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fire, the burning fiery furnace And he will deliver us from your hand. Oh, my days. What great faith. You're literally standing. You know the fiery furnace is there. Are you going to be saying, my God is going to be? Who's going to be standing there feeling so confident, full of faith? Listen, that is nothing. I'm not. If I go in there, my God will deliver me. Who in this room will have such great, great faith? Wow. And then they continue to say in verse 18, but if not, so even if God does not come through for us, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. Nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up for us. They are ready to die for what they believe. Who's ready to die for what they believe? My hands are down at the moment. (laughs) Who's ready to die for what they believe? Are you? Am I? Hmm. I'm not too sure. King Nebuchadnezzar was infuriated by their answer. Oh my goodness. How dare you speak to this? this is the king and you're speaking to the king. Most people are like, yes sir. Okay. Okay. Bowing down to him and these boys are standing up. Do you know what? Lord, I want some of that great faith. So he, because of their response and he felt their disrespect, he had the furnace turned up even hotter. It said seven times hotter than what it should have been. Seven times hotter. So you can imagine how hot. So much so that it was so hot that the soldiers that took the boys up, they, was, they basically were killed by the um, heat that um, got them. That's how hot it was. And then they were put in the furnace. After being put in the furnace, the king looked. Hold on. There are four people in there. How many people did you put in there? Three. Ordered them to come out. They came out. And he was absolutely amazed. Absolutely amazed by what had happened. Their faith moved God's hand. His grace was upon them because of their faith. I want to be that, that. I want to be like that. I want to be like that. My faith moves God's grace upon me. Amen. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. When you come to God, you must believe who he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. As we seek him, we, as we seek him, his hand is moved. His hand is moved as we seek him. Amen to that. We need some of God's great faith to help us. Absolutely. His grace is sufficient for each one of us. What is God's grace? God's grace is unmerited favor coming from heaven. So we haven't actually done anything to receive it. But it's favor that he showers us with. We haven't earned it in any way. We do not deserve it. Each one of us here, we've done things wrong. Every day we're doing things wrong. That goes against what God is saying. So we don't really deserve it. But at the same time, he sees the heart of his people. You know, look at, take David, for example. David wasn't perfect, but he loved God. He saw his heart. He wasn't a, God is not looking for perfection. We know that. He's not looking for perfection, but he's looking for hearts to seek him, hearts to please him, hearts to recognize when we are doing something wrong, hearts to repent, to say, Lord, forgive me for I have sinned against you. That's what he's looking for. And when he sees such hearts, his hands move over his people. Absolutely. Romans 3:23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. John 8, verse 7: He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. We are not perfect. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God loves us still. He made a way for us to come close to him, Okay. I want to just go through some examples of God's grace. God shows us his grace. He he shows grace to the graceless. Luke 23, verse 24. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Jesus is dying, he's on the cross, and people are shouting, doing all sorts of things towards him. But he showed them grace. Stephen in Acts 7, verse 60, when he was being stoned, this is you summons killing you literally they're stoning you to death and his heart was like this in Acts 7 verse 60 then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice lord do not charge them with this sin and when he had said this he fell asleep how amazing is that Yesterday, um, I was out with some friends, and um, one of my friend's friend, this lady, she, she's she been married for probably about not the same time as me, about 19 years, and she was speaking about her marriage, and I literally just sat there, and I just looked at her. Um, her husband lost his job, and he, for the last six years, he hasn't worked, but he hasn't been very nice, hasn't been very nice, to the point that um, social services got involved at one point, um, and the case was closed last up to last year, but the woman's heart really touched me, and I actually wanted to cry when she was talking. Because the husband um, did something. Social services got involved, the long and short of it is. But (laughs) they came and they wanted to take the husband away. Her concern was he hasn't worked, doesn't have money. This is the man that has not been very nice to her. He hasn't got money. Where is he going to go? What's going to happen to him? And they were like, what should you care? You know, because we're taking him away from it. But no, you know, he needs um, to be in a place whereby he um, will be able to pay his way and everything, but he can't do that. So anyway, the case went on, I don't know how long it went on for, he, the guy was in the house and the case went on and um, they dropped the case. And basically, what somebody else said to her was, because of your heart, caring, showing concern, your heart for God as well. God has made a way. And because she was praying as well during this time that, Lord, forgive him. You know, what happened, you know, was an oversight. We're we're going to work through this. As she prayed, they dropped the case basically. And as a result, the husband was able to stay. Um, Things are, are not great, but they're getting better. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Her heart was so humbled. She was, even though things were not great in her marriage, she was being a wife. I'm not too sure how many of us can do that, that your husband is being a certain way, but yet still, you're cooking, you're doing all the things you need to do. She's is. She she's been the wife that God has called her. What he's doing, he's doing. But she's been the wife that God has called her. And I believe that God honored her in how she was honoring her husband, even though he wasn't doing the right thing. And somebody else who was a social worker was saying to her, that's not how things normally go. Your husband's literally taken away. They don't really care what happens. And I was so moved by her heart. I was so moved by her heart, you know, but. This led me to, from what I was saying about what Jesus said and what Stephen said, we need to have forgiven hearts towards people. We need to be a certain way. Yes, people are people they can be, um, not be nice, be unkind, but our hearts need to love people. The relationship may not be be the same, but your heart, it needs to release what's there and we need to love people. Because that's what God wants us to do. That's absolutely what he wants us to do. Okay. God's grace through eternal life. He showed us grace by making a way for us to have eternal life. 1 John chapter 5 verse 11 to 12. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Did we deserve eternal life? When, when you look at the Old Testament, how many times did God make a way for them? How many things did they do worshiping idol gods? They forget all the things that God has done for them. It's an up and down, up and down. But God still made a way for us. He still made a way for us to be with him in eternal life. If we really stand here, like I said, we examine our hearts. We're not always doing the right thing. We're not always, you know, we may not say things, but our hearts are sometimes a certain way. Do we deserve eternal life? But his grace, his grace is sufficient for us. That word is so powerful because it really is. His grace is sufficient for us. When you look at how he made a way for us, why would he not make a way for you in your situation right now? He would make a way for you, but we need to come to him. We need to make sure that we are seeking him. We need to make sure that we know him. We're seeking him the way he wants us to seek him, not in our own way. Romans 6 verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. We deserve death. And judgment for the things that we've done. But no, he made a way for us. Isn't that what his name, Travis Green? He sang that song, he made a way. Yeah, he made a way. Absolutely. His grace saves us. That's another example. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Absolutely. His grace saved us. When we think about different ways that we got saved, his grace saved us. For me, I was thinking, I remember when I got saved, I wasn't thinking to get saved because I was a, I was brought up in a Christian home, so I was thinking, oh, you know, I remember even having a conversation with my mum. This is when my friend, actually, she was there yesterday at the dinner. She was praying for me to get saved, praying, praying, praying. She used to call me, oh, please stop calling me. It's just, you're just going on and on. But. I remember it actually her prayers and the conversations that she had with me it caused me to think because I went to my mum and I was saying to her at the time, "I'm a good person, am I not? because you think you you think all the things you're doing that makes you a good person, so therefore you don't need to have this, and I know God, but I didn't have a relationship with him though. I'm a good person, am I not? You know, I do this and I do that. kind of remember what she said to me. She must be thinking, where are you going about I'm a good person? But God was doing something because he's causing me to question certain things about what's happening with me, you know? So just this just um, made me think that when you're speaking to people, you're praying for them, you're speaking to them about God. Don't think that, oh, nothing's happened, you know? oh, you know, they're, they're, it's not really impacting. But it sure is. And I actually reminded my friend the other day that it was through her that I got actually saved because her praying for me and her speaking to me, because she literally used to bombard me with phone calls. I'm like, please, wow. But yeah, she used to bombard me with phone calls. And... Um, I think in the end, I stopped picking up her phone calls. (laughs) But yeah, I reminded her the other day that it was through her that I got saved because the questions were turning in my head, you know, but we are saved by grace. We are absolutely saved by grace. It's not because of what we're doing. You know, you may have done, there's some people, they have so many accolades, um, you know, doing all this charity work, but what does that profit? You do all these things, but you don't know God. You know, you don't know God. So when you stand before Him, what's all that? You don't know Him. And there was some, I'm sure I mentioned this a while ago when I used to work um, at my previous school. There was a boy that said to me, and this is literally left, it's stuck in my head. Why would people want to go to heaven if they don't know God? Why? You say you're going to heaven. Do you have a relationship with God? Do you know him? Why would you want to go there? Because that's all you're going to be, you're just going to be with him 24 7. You can't run away from him in heaven. Why? Another example of grace is that we have continual access to God, it's constant. It's literally on the tap, open the tap, it's there. Constant access to God. Hebrews 10, verse 19, verse 19 and then also verse 22. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, without our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. In the Old Testament, you needed to go via priest to speak to God. In the New Testament, we have direct access to Him. Direct access to him. The veil separating us has been torn. Direct access. We want to speak to God. We go to him. We want to confess our sins. We go to him. We don't need a priest to confess our sins. I'm just going to share one more and then we'll pray. Through his grace, we are forgiven. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Because of his grace, we are forgiven, absolutely forgiven, cleansed of all unrighteousness. And the love that God has for us impacts, it helps, it causes him to forgive us. He first loved us before we loved him. I remember when I got saved, I went up there thinking, yeah, I'm just going to just do this, just say these words. When I got there, it was a different thing. And I literally felt the weight lifted off my shoulders, I lifted off my shoulders. Sometimes you can feel the physical transformation that you're going through as you give your life to God. Sometimes you could, not everyone can. He forgave us. He wanted us close to him. We were made in his image. And he made every way possible for us to be with him. He has wonderfully and fearfully made us. He loves us and he wants us to be with him. So through grace, he has forgiven us. He has cleansed us, made us clean so we can be with him. Thank you, Lord. I want us to pray. Father, Lord, we want to say thank you that you're for us and not against us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father God, that your grace abounds. Your grace is limitless. Your grace is sufficient for us. Your word says, when we are weak, then we are strong. Help us, oh God, to surrender everything to you. As we surrender all to you, you can then do the work. Lord, help us, oh God, in the different seasons that we're going through. Help us, Father God, to draw closer to you, to see you and to to understand and know what you are doing, Father God. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.